Running up the score. You're listening to the Running Up the Score podcast. Now here's your hosts, Jerry Napoleonello and Kevin Donlin. Welcome back to another episode of Running Up the Score. I'm Jerry Napoleonello. He's Kevin Donlin. Week four is here. We're here to talk about what we saw in week three. We had a couple of solid matchups this week. We're excited to talk about it from a potential conference championship matchup in the AFC and a matchup between two Hall of Famers. We had it all this week. Let's get right into it. What we learned in week three. What we learned. Week three. Titans, Steelers. Coming up in week four is now postponed. So now, obviously, that's not part of week three, but it started in week three. It is officially postponed because a couple of players and personnel have come down with COVID. And surprisingly enough, the Vikings, who the Titans played last week in week three... Nobody tested positive. They are finally, today, Thursday, they are finally allowed back in the facility because they closed down both facilities, the Titans and the Vikings. The Vikings are back open. They're allowed to practice. So that's good news in the Minnesota front. Scarier news in the Titans because it's now like every other day you're hearing more guys in that organization testing positive. So... It's going to be interesting to see the scheduling now because when we saw it with the other sports, whether it be baseball, hockey, I mean, basketball and hockey, they did the bubble. You didn't see anything. They, nobody tested positive. Then you had, you know, the MLB, the MLB is more of the, the experiment that everybody was able to see because there were teams that had positive tests. The difference is. In football, you have 16 games. In baseball, they had 60 games, but you're allowed to play, you know, whenever you want, basically, whenever there's a there's an off day. With football, it's a lot harder because now you have to start thinking about scheduling when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers because it's like, all right, well, we can't just play next week. We can't just play two days later because you have to wait until you find out everything that's going on, who these guys were able to, you know, be around, did they get tested, this and that. And I know the NFL has done a pretty good job when it comes to tracing because each player, each organizational person has this, like, tracker kind of thing on their wrist. And it beeps red when you're too close to somebody. But it also tracks who you were close to. So each person that would tested positive, they can go back and read exactly who they were around in a like a two week process, I guess. So I guess they're they're starting to test the people that those people were were near because we haven't even we haven't heard who tested positive. But I think it's interesting with the NFL, and now we're finally going to see what's going to happen. And they were go- they were expecting to play either Monday or Tuesday. That changed after two more guys tested positive. So now they are postponing the game and they will not play this week. Neither team will play this week. And we'll see when, you know, in the future they'll end up playing. This whole situation is uh, it's alarming yeah. in a lot of standpoints. But 
I think the NFL is going to handle it very well, to be honest. I, I, I'm not really doubting it at all. I think they have the best doctors, and I think they're well taken care of. And, you know, in an instance where something like this pops up and people are starting to test positive for the coronavirus, there's a way to obviously uh, have these individuals isolate themselves and get themselves in a situation, you know, where they can get back with their team and get ready for the following week. So, Obviously, this game being canceled and with no fans in the stands, I think it's a lot easier than you think for the NFL to reschedule this. You don't really have people with tickets and it becomes a whole big mess when you try to change times of games and stuff accordingly. So with no fans now, it's a lot easier for the NFL to adjust this. I'll brief into it with fantasy football. You know, you obviously got a lot of people upset on the basis that there are key guys in that game that you're not going to have this week on the basis that they're not even going to play. And they shouldn't play. <clears throat> Even if they woke up tomorrow and every Tennessee Titan player ended up, you know, negative. Yeah. You know, they haven't had a chance to prepare. It becomes a, a competitive imbalance. Truth be told, I don't think the NFL really cares at this point on that subject. You know, they're just trying to get the season in. And they're going to try to do everything in their power to make sure each and every game is accounted for. And you know, I even read something earlier today that if it's later on in the season, there's a potential week 18 for makeup games. So hopefully uh, this is the only occurrence of this. I'm not going to tell any of these players how to live their lives, but they have a responsibility. They have a job to do. They get paid a lot of money to do their job. Just got to be responsible out there. That doesn't necessarily mean when and where and how to act and where to go. You know, you got to live. But at the same time, you, you know, you got to be very responsible. You have a job to do and. You get paid a lot of money to do that job, so you got to be very careful. It would have been a little different if it was during the bye weeks because now we're, we'd start to see, like, you know, teams that are off that you could say, all right, do you want to play a game and then have a bye week later on in the season or, you know, whatever, however they, they were planning on doing it. It's a little different now because all the teams are playing. There's no bye weeks. Now, are you going to take away the bye week for the Steelers? Are you going to take the bye week away from the Titans and just say this is their bye week, week four is their bye week? Well, I'm you pretty know, so, sure that's the approach that the NFL is going to yeah. go with on this. There's no way you could play it on uh, Monday night or Tuesday. Tennessee has not practiced. You know, they haven't had an opportunity to prepare. Yeah. I mean, again, it is an unfair advantage, and they could still schedule it on Monday and Tuesday just because they're on the basis that they're trying to just get the season in at all costs. You know, with everything going on and circumstances, there's not much money being made, but there is money to be made yeah. with the game of football. and. You got to put a product out there in order to make that money. And the NFL is certainly going to do whatever it needs to to get every game in there. When it comes to week three, Bills, Bears, Steelers, Seahawks, Titans, Packers, and Chiefs all remain undefeated. Two teams, Chicago and Pittsburgh, are 3 0 after missing the postseason last year. Since 1990, at least four teams every season have qualified for the playoffs after failing to make the postseason the year before. These teams, you know, when you look at it, the Bears, I, I feel like the Bears are a fraud, to be honest with you. I think their defense is very good, but now they bench Mitch Trubisky. They go over to now Nick Foles. Listen, Nick Foles is Nick Foles. He's not, you know. He's a true professional, basically. He's a guy that you could put out there and he could win you a game. Do I think he's going to be like that franchise quarterback? Obviously, the Eagles tried to do something in that matter. That didn't work out. You still have Carson Wentz. That's, that's whatever. But when it comes down to Chicago, Nick Foles is just a Band-Aid right now. 
you know, Mitch Trubisky, we said it last week. He's just not going to cut it. He's not cutting it anymore. You know, the the Chicago Bears come back and end up winning that game. Nick Foles carries them to the win. You know, that's it's different because that team didn't prepare for Nick Foles. They prepared for Mitch Trubisky, so it's it's different. Now, you know, the Bears have a team that they're going to be playing this week in the Indianapolis Colts that are preparing for Nick Foles. So it's going to be a different week. You know, with the Bears, like you said, the defense is really good. And, you know, some people can underestimate how effective a great defense can be. But when you're that good and you're playing that well, you know, you're going to win games no matter who's at the center. You know, I've seen the worst of quarterbacks win Super Bowls on that basis or get really far into the playoffs, stuff like that. Brian you know, Johnson, just on, I'm not going to throw any players. names out there, but I'm just, you know, at the same <laughs> yeah. time, it has it has happened. You know, not everyone's going to be a Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers. I have full faith in Nick Foles. I've seen him do it before. You're managing games. You have a very talented wide receiving core. I think people underestimate how really good Allen Robinson is. He's one of the best wide receivers in football, in my opinion, definitely a top five. Just talent-wise, he's, he's an incredible player. And, you know, guys like Jimmy Graham trying to resurrect their careers, they have really a good solid core on offense they just got to have someone that can basically just take the helm and you know get them down the field and you know obviously Mitch Trubisky didn't even do that bad more he did better than I expected yeah early in the season I really thought he was even worse he's still been pretty bad and obviously Chicago had to go in a different direction on that basis because he just continued to play bad and Nick Foles is more than capable he's got plenty of weapons over there I wouldn't be shocked if the Bears are up there towards the end. It goes completely against what I had said <laughs> in our preseason rankings, but it's on the basis that Mitch Trubisky isn't under center anymore. Yeah. He just simply wasn't a good player. I mean, I'm a I'm a Jet fan. You know, I've seen the worst of quarterbacks. I mean, the Bears and their fans' perspective of their quarterback is irrelevant to me. But if you're a Bears fan, you, you legitimately need to know that this is a concern. And they might be one of the teams that might need to trade up in that draft next year to get yeah, one of these quarterbacks. I mean, it's going to be three or four, I think, coming out in the top five of this year's draft. You know, and they might be one of the teams coming to call. And they're in a good situation. You played Nick Foles. God forbid maybe you just you make the playoffs or you just missed the playoffs. You're in the middle of the pack. You know, well, and you I go mean, out there and you get yourself a, a lottery quarterback. Just the fact that you start 3-0 and puts you in a better position than – the rest of that division, whether it be Minnesota or Detroit, yeah, obviously you're not going to pass the Green Bay Packers. Packers are going to win this easy. So Chicago is definitely playing for a wild card spot. I mean, you look at the NFC East, who knows what's going to happen with that. All four teams look like complete garbage. So it's not out of the realm that Chicago makes the playoffs. That's you know, this could happen because you just put yourself in a, a good position starting 3-0. and And that's with Trubisky. Now you start to move over to Nick Foles. Nick Foles, a better game manager, a guy that's not going to make, you know, mistakes. You know, that's that's one thing that was good about Nick Foles. Nick Foles was a quarterback that was not going to make the mistake. He's going to drive your team down the field on short little passes here and there. And, you know, he'll get... The thing that's going to hurt Chicago now is just losing Tariq Cohen to a torn ACL. That that hurts a little bit. You know, you're hoping that David Montgomery can, you know, really pick up the slack of losing Tariq Cohen. 
But I think they'll be all right when it comes down to it. Do I think they're fraud of a of a three and O team? I do somewhat because of the offense. I think the the offense holds them back here. But the defense is the defense is a three and O defense. You know, like that's a team that you could see being three and O. I'm not gonna say, oh my god, I can't believe Chicago's three and O. But you know what? It's I I would have a good team. They're a full yeah. team. They'll probably be up there looking to try to get a quarterback next year. It'd be the smartest move. You definitely want you the lowest to. I salary think, I think you got at to. your quarterback position. I think you, you know? have to. Going into actually good quarterbacks, <laughs> Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers are definitely up there with Pat Mahomes for early season MVPs. And Russell Wilson may have that number one slot when it comes down to it. 14 touchdowns so far in three games is absolutely ridiculous. He He's on pace to throw 75. Obviously, that's not going to happen, but that would shatter Peyton Manning's record by 20. <laughs> and uh, Wilson's 76.7% completion rate and 139.0 passer rating would also establish NFL marks if they hold up all year. This team, their defense is horrendous, Seattle's. Seattle's defense is horrendous. But Russell Wilson is playing at such a high level that he's carrying this team. He's were you going to say them. stud? I mean, he is a stud. <laughs> yeah, know? I thought you were like he's playing at a <laughs> crazy <laughs> level. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, he's a stud. He is a stud. He's an incredible player. He's honestly the best player in football right now, in my opinion, on the basis that he's got more experience. I think Patrick Mahomes is quietly just closing that gap because he's playing that good as well. But Russell Wilson, he has shown that he is an elite player in Absolutely. this league. And, you know, obviously, you know, you look at Seattle and even in a fancy standpoint, you take on, you know, any of your players are taking on Seattle, you're you're firing them in there. Their defense has been not stopping anybody, and Russell Wilson's really just been that good. So I give him all the credit in the world. He was honestly, in my opinion, one of the best picks in fantasy football this season, going in, you know, the fifth, sixth round of drafts. I mean, this guy is an incredible player. I know people that took Watson ahead of him. I know people that were taking just questionable picks. I mean, anybody ahead of him. He's an incredible talent. (laughs) Anybody ahead of him is insane, other than Mahomes. And I, honestly, even even in the fifth round, that's it's crazy. It's crazy. Now, moving on to Mahomes, we had the Chiefs Ravens game. And this was obviously the, the game of the week. This was the game that everybody wanted to watch. I'm a little upset that it was Monday night because I think, once again, ESPN you know, dropped the ball when it comes to a broadcast team. I think that the broadcast team that they have now is just boring. <laughs> you know, Other than Lewis Riddick, I like Lewis Riddick. Greasy and Levy, you know, keep Levy on on SportsCenter. I, I, I mean, I, broadcasting a game, I, I just, I was very bored with it, and I noticed it for the first two weeks as well. But that's not here nor there. Lamar Jackson. Just I'll be honest, can- I usually don't watch Monday Night Football with sound. <laughs> I mean, that's that's. I really the thing, don't. Like- no, I'll just watch the game, watch the plays, and obviously, if a player of mine is uh, not in there or something fantasy wise. I'll turn it up for that, maybe for an update or yeah. something if they show a guy on the sideline. But I refuse to uh, listen to Monday Night Football. It's a lot different from you know John Madden days. Yeah, like to the to the game portion of it. Lamar Jackson just cannot beat Patrick Mahomes. It's just it, like it's it's impossible for him to beat Patrick Mahomes right now. And well, he'll have to time it right. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like for you know what? One. I was an idiot, and I'm never going to say sit. Patrick Mahomes again, never again. 
that will never be on running up the score. You will oh, yeah. never hear that. Listen, that, that's what fantasy football is all about, though. Like Things like this are going to occur. Yeah. You know, it's not even about the Patrick Mahomes situation. I mean, I was sat here on the show last week and told you to, to bench every single Kansas City Chief you had. Yeah. Because it was a tough matchup. And I've always seen matchups play an impact, but the Kansas City Chiefs are just defying logic. And yeah. it's almost like the season with Tom Brady and Randy Moss, and it didn't matter who they played. They were going to put points on the board, and that's exactly what the Kansas City Chiefs are. And Baltimore's the same way. I think they just started out a little slow in that game. They see each other in the playoffs. It's going to be a very, very exciting game, and hopefully they'll oh, be absolutely. fans for that one. But absolutely. right now, you got all these offenses like Aaron Rodgers and Patty Mahomes and Russell Wilson, and all these offenses are playing very, very well. You're seeing the impact of no fans. You know, you're seeing the impact that you're watching Aaron Rodgers on the road able to just make all these adjustments at the line of scrimmage, and they're adjustments that he knows damn well he'd never be able to make. The fans obviously were filling all the seats. The thing that we're seeing a lot of, and especially when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers was always the guy that can draw a team off sides. And the thing that we're Dude, noticing... He's doing it on the road He's now. doing it on the road, and that's the biggest thing is that, you know, these teams, <laughs> you're seeing good quarterbacks that are drawing the home team off sides, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and it's insane. And you you even saw the NFL came out and said they're giving the permission to the home teams to start pumping up the volume on the crowd noise. So mm-hmm. it's it's crazy because it's it's not affecting quarterbacks anymore, whether you're home or away. The only thing that it's going to affect is just the process of your pregame, <laughs> you know, that's, that's it. Just the fact that you have to travel, then you have to, you know, figure out your practice times and stuff like that. But that's the thing that we're seeing different this year without any fans. But the one question that I, I even put it on Twitter and I think it's an interesting question is Patrick Mahomes or when, if he hasn't, when is Patrick Mahomes joining that Tom Brady hate club where Tom Brady was so damn good that everybody other than New England Patriot fans hated him no matter what when it when is Patrick Mahomes if he hasn't been if he hasn't gotten there yet when is Patrick Mahomes going to be that person and have his own I'll club be, I'll be <laughs> honest I think I see it differently than others and I mean I do have him rostered in fantasy football league so you could say it's slightly biased but even if I didn't have this man it's a privilege to watch him. Watching that game where he took on the New England Patriots in the AFC Championship was probably one of the most exciting games I had ever watched in my entire life. I'd been watching football for about at least minimum 20 years, and that was no doubt one of the most exciting games I had ever seen. He's an exciting player. He's fun to watch. The things he comes up with, the throws he makes, the structure of that offense with him and Andy Reid, it's a privilege to watch. You know, from the standpoint of a Jet fan where we can't move the ball at all, (laughs) you know, it is a legit privilege to see Patrick Mahomes in action and see what he's able to do. I feel like on a Tom Brady and Bill Belichick approach and New England approach was, you know, biased on the basis that people assume they cheated. There were obviously many things that were the reason for that and causes, you know, deflate all these different things that people started to question the New England Patriots and their success. I don't think there is any questioning Patrick Mahomes. Everyone knows what kind of player he is. He's an incredible talent, a great arm, great accuracy, makes great decisions out there, doesn't turn the ball over, 
he he's a great talent and he's almost a privilege to watch and I don't think the heat will ever be at a level of Tom Brady unless at some point someone finds out that this man was cheating of some sort just the way Tom Brady and New England were perceived I think I think there's certain people that see it that way uh especially AFC East fans you know <laughs> I think also other people look at it as kind of the same reason why you know, baseball fans other than Yankee fans hate the Yankees. Uh, you know, the same thing goes with, you know, the Los Angeles Lakers or the Boston Celtics. You know, that kind of stuff, I feel like when you start you, to just see... just to cut into that for a second, just between you and me, absolute shocker that the Lakers are about to win the championship. I didn't see it coming. I mean, they the, the game one, they destroyed <laughs> the Heat. I, I honestly didn't see them winning at all. I mean, they don't really... I, they, I mean, who would have thought they were going to win at all? I think the biggest, the biggest difference when it comes to the Lakers, and obviously this is off the. I am being so sarcastic right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I didn't see. You have it. LeBron I, James. You have Anthony Davis. You better win a championship. <laughs> I could have told you six months ago they were winning a championship. I could have told you a year ago they were going to win a championship. See, it's predictable, yo, man. You, the NBA, predictable. You can't baseball, yeah. predictable. I can never tell when you're being serious or not because you know, you it's do so bad. And I am so sorry. You know me. We know we're strictly a football show, <laughs> but like I'm just, I can't help it. Yeah. I'm just so shocked that the Lakers are going to win it all. <laughs> it's really, it's an incredible, an incredible situation. And I mean, I'm a Celtic fan too, and Celtics were obviously right there. And it's like shocker that they were there too. I didn't see that come. Yeah. It's just so predictable. I mean, that's year, that's the thing. Other, you know, I don't know how but, you're a fan of the other third. 30 teams. I would say 29. I don't include the Heat because they've had a lot of success in the last couple of years. Also Besides the Lakers, Heat, and the Celtics, like I, I feel bad for every other fan. I don't understand how they still have <laughs> well, a that's, But that's yeah, what I, I'm saying. I, I'm mystified by it. And that's kind of what I was getting at. You can watch is... the Wizards. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Is it true? <laughs> yeah. Or the Knicks. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to mention the Knicks. <laughs> but it's the truth. It's true. But that's kind of what I was getting into is just the fact that, like, I think Tom Brady and Bill Belichick were hated, yes, because of all the the scandals that were, uh, you know, out there. But also just the fact that they were always there. It was always the Patriots. It's Mm -hmm. always the Yankees. It's always the Lakers or the Celtics. And people just get annoyed. And then you start to get that hate. So that's what I'm. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Patrick Mahomes only got there once, and won it once. So it's well, still yeah, early. I mean, first, he's still the game 25. I'm talking about that he lost yeah. was just yeah. probably had no business losing that game. Exactly. And at the same time, now you're gonna see Kansas City sitting around in the championship, you know, for many years to come. I even got an answer on Twitter saying he's already there, <laughs> but I think that was also from a fan of. I think he was the actually. Chargers, I think probably. he was actually a 49ers fan, which was crazy to me. I didn't. Obviously, well, you, you lose last. To have a lot of success yeah. and yeah, you know, so, they're a competitive team. I mean, I don't. My Jets aren't competitive enough to even hate Patrick Mahomes. I'm like, yeah. oh no, I'll just watch them and be privileged to watch them and just be glad that my team isn't ready to win yet. Because <laughs> unless you're name, unless you're on a Kansas City chief, that's you know, and that's the thing. Like the only, you start to that good. Yeah, you start to look There's at no teams. Him. You look at teams that are in the AFC. That could potentially go for the AFC championship. Like this is perfect example is the Ravens. Like the Ravens are a team that, if there was no Pat Mahomes, they would be the Chiefs of now. Like you know the Ravens are that good, but it's just they can't 
overcome the Kansas City Chiefs. And you saw that a lot when, you know, the Patriots were going on their runs. You you had teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers. You had teams like the San Diego Chargers at, at times. You know, the, the, the Indianapolis Colts with Peyton Manning. You know, those teams were were very good and were teams that could could go for a Super Bowl but just could not get past the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. So, you know, you're going to start seeing the good teams of the AFC, the fans of those teams, they're going to start hating Pat Mahomes, and then it's just going to spread, <laughs> you know, because he's going to be there for a good amount of time now, <laughs> you know, and that's that's what we're going to expect. Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be around that AFC Championship Super Bowl area for a long time coming. Of course, so, and there's no stopping it. To another quarterback that is exciting to watch, you didn't think so heading into the season, but he's exciting, and the team is exciting to watch. That's the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. Josh Allen's showing himself this year. I mean, they he's did really well. They did give up the lead. And that game was a little bit on the on the fence, and with a little ref help at the end, they ended up still coming out with the victory. But I guess the question is, are the Bills for real? Are these a, this a team that's going to be fighting for a big playoff spot? We could put them as the AFC East champions. I think New England and Cam Newton have something to say about that because they're still a decent team. But... Are they for real? Are the Buffalo Bills for real, or are they going to fizzle out? No, I think the Bills are going to make the playoffs, just like every other AFC team that's not the Chiefs. And, you know, they're going to um, – it's just the <laughs> it truth. Is. They're going to run know, into this kid. And, you know, it, hopefully it's a competitive game. Josh Allen can keep up with him. Who knows? Josh Allen's been playing very, very well. He's spreading the ball out really well. A lot better than I anticipated. I did not expect him to be this good. I know the hype was there, and the hype is obviously there for a reason. But I, I honestly – I didn't see it coming. That's my honest opinion. He's spreading the ball out really well. Those receivers are really answering for him. Guys like Cole Beasley and, you know, Diggs. And, you know, he's got a lot of options out there. So, you know, he's doing a great job. He's spreading the ball out. He's, you know, making great decisions out there. And, uh, you know, I'm giving him all the credit in the world. He definitely deserves it. And the Buffalo Bills are uh, definitely a threat. I would say Super Bowl threat because obviously there's only one Super Bowl threat in the AFC. He's barring injury. But yeah. in the AFC, I'm sorry, not the AFC, barring injury. But yeah. I'm impressed. You know, I'm you know, nothing short of it. I'm impressed by the uh, Buffalo Bills. I'm impressed by Josh Allen. They're playing really good football. The thing that I, I love about Josh Allen is just his his strength and his mobility outside of the pocket. I mean, the guy, you know, can have three guys on him and still break out of it and then either make a throw or run himself. And that's the most interesting part of Josh Allen's game is just his mobility and his strength, I feel. And that's what, to me, makes him a very interesting quarterback to watch. And I think you're starting to see the confidence build in him. And, you know, that that swagger of he feels like he could beat anybody and nobody's going to take him down. And, you know, that's that's something you want to see in your leader of your team if you're a fan. And the Buffalo Bills and Bills Mafia, they have a solid leader and... I feel like, and I'm still going to stick with it. I still feel that they are going to win the AFC East. It's going to be a close one because Cam Newton's still playing very well in New England. You know, for a rookie quarterback, Joe Burrow, another strong outing. 
Obviously, they tied with the Philadelphia Eagles, which uh, we're going to get into them next. Woo! But I thought Joe Burrow had a very good game against the Eagles. A very good game. And he continues to play well and continues really? to impress. And that Cincinnati defense is not going to win them any games this year. And none of these losses are really going to be on Joe Burrow, but it's a good building block. And, you know, obviously Cincinnati will be building from here. And Joe Burrow is definitely showing that he could be a franchise quarterback. Especially with the offensive line that they have. I mean, he's being rushed and hurried and sacked on multiple occasions throughout a game. And the fact that he's still staying in there, taking the hits that he is, and even making plays outside of the pocket, you're seeing with Joe Burrow. He made a play against the Eagles that was just, you know, unbelievable. Where he rolled out to the right, broke a, you know, a tackle or two, and then ended up dumping it off to the tight end over the top. It was unreal for a rookie quarterback to make that kind of play. And this is everything that the Bengals would have wished and hoped for when they took the number one pick in Joe Burrow. And now you have somebody to build around. You know, you're starting to see signs of, you know, this guy is for real. And it's exciting if you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan. Obviously, you're not going to do anything this year, but it's exciting overall because Ben Roethlisberger is getting older with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Cleveland is just an up and down team. Who knows? Baker Mayfield has a good game, bad game. You know, you never know with them. You know, the Ravens are going to be that team that's going to be there for a while. So, you know, you're just hoping that Cincinnati gets good enough with the quarterback that they have. And I think they can if you start to build around him that can, you know, fight Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, you know, for that spot. But that's way down the road. But now we're talking about the team that they played. And I, I mean... I thought the Eagles were going to be better than this, you know, and I like I get to see the Eagles twice this year, you know, and every year. And I I thought they were going to fight the Cowboys for the number one spot in this division. And whether it be coaching, whether it be Carson Wentz, whether it be injuries, I don't know what it is, but this team is bad. Yeah, their coach sucks. I've said it over and over again. <laughs> you know what? I There's didn't no other think excuse. Of it. I mean, Cincinnati's a team that's a poor tackling team. You couldn't even keep track. You know, there's no way you couldn't take advantage of that. And, you know, you did a good job at stopping them, but so was the rest of the league. So you found a way to tie the Cincinnati Bengals. It's a game that was a must win almost for Philly. I think they had three possessions in overtime, too. And you can't score. They probably did. That's... You know, I, I'll be honest, I didn't really, you know, it wasn't a game that was highlighting my Sunday, you know, for obvious reasons. They didn't even play that well. I even had Miles Sanders in a fantasy league. It was a really disappointing performance from him. Yeah. But uh, I put it on Doug Peterson, man. I, again, I don't know what this guy's still doing as the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. I've been saying that for over two years. See, and he I just didn't... makes terrible decisions. They, they've actually had enough talent over the last two years to at least to have won a Super Bowl. Yeah. No doubt they could have won another Super Bowl. You won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles, and then he went out of town. You have your franchise quarterback, Carson Wentz, and he looks worse and worse every single time I see him play. It's true. It's true. I don't, you know, and I don't think Wentz is that bad of a player. He's a, he's a, he should, he's very knowledgeable. He's been out there a while. He's, I've seen him make great plays. It makes you question uh, how involved the uh, coaches are right now and, you know, what's leading to this team not thriving because they have a lot of talent, and they're just not winning games. And, I, again, I'm going to put it on Doug Peterson again. This team should have won a Super Bowl at least once or twice over the last two years. They've come nowhere close. And I put the blame fully on him. And this slow start to the uh, 2020 season, the full blame 
I'm not blaming Carson Wentz. Everybody's playing poorly. I don't care how poorly he plays. You find ways to win games. You know, you you want to throw with your quarterback, you know, in the red zone. That's on you. And you want to decide not to kick these field goals, and you could have ended up kicking three of them and won the game. Instead, you didn't get a single one. You forced yourself to need a touchdown. All of a sudden, it's fourth down and 24 two weeks ago. You had no shot. I watched that final play, and I knew Philly had no shot. But you had the ball all the way down the field before that. So it's really a really questionable situation for Philadelphia right now. I, I think the biggest move for them to do right now is to fire their head coach. Let the season be what it is. You're not winning it. You know, unfortunately, it's just the truth. I mean, maybe you go to the Super Bowl, but, you know, you think your team is keeping up with Patrick Mahomes? You're out of your mind. I never thought anything of it until you said it last week. And I watched the game. You know, I definitely I, I, said it on this show many times. I always keep an eye, when the Cowboys aren't playing, I always keep an eye on Washington. I always keep an eye on the Giants. And I always keep an eye on Philly. No matter what, who they're playing, whatever, I always flip back and forth to their game. No matter what. And I saw that Cincinnati was close in this game. They had the lead at times in this game. And I'm watching the fourth quarter. I think it was the fourth quarter. And I texted you, too, because of what what happened. And, you know, right then and there, I was like, wow, Doug Peterson is horrendous. And it was third and 15 at their own 45. And they played prevent defense. So they had everybody 15 yards down the field. And it li- no exaggeration, Burrow dumped it off to Bernard on a three-yard pass. And he got 41 yards on the pass. So you just gave up. Instead of it being third, uh, fourth and 12 or whatever, because normally they would just be a dump off you're down you're at third and 15 it's never going to be a long pass it's never going to be you know that's just how it happens in the NFL especially when you're on your own side of the field and they dumped it off to the running back and he got 41 yards there was not one person in the area of making a tackle until he was already 15 yards down the field so right then and there, yeah, I was like, that, that's "Wow, really Doug. that's that's that's, that's Doug horrible. right there." I, again, this is this is all falling on him. He sees these formations. He sees where these guys are lined up. That's his decision in it's the true. end. He's the head coach. He makes the final say, no matter what, whether he agrees or not. You know, his voice will be heard before that play goes out on the field. So, again, the full blame just yeah. goes to him. And for over a year, I feel like you know. As a Philly fan, if you want to disagree with me, you want to call this show and explain to me why you think Doug Peterson is your guy, I would love to hear it. Yeah. I would love to hear your facts. I would love to hear anything you have to say in regards to it. Because why you have success on the field is because you have been a very talented football team. Your front line B team would have been the starting lineup for the New York Jets last year. Or even the Cincinnati Your Bengals. offensive line <laughs> has three of the best O-linemen in football. Kelsey and Brooks are an elite combo for a center and a guard. And then Lane Johnson when he's healthy. Yeah, that's, that's the third that I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about. To, you know, And that's what you need on your offensive line. At least three big bodies that it's know true. what they're doing out there. You, there's no excuse as to why they're playing bad aside from coaching. Yeah, They're too talented. Oh, Carson won six interceptions. Guy's not playing well. It starts up top. It starts up top. Always does. Why do you think Trubisky's had a job despite how awful he played 
over the last year and a half. That's you think true. that fell, every single interception fell directly on Mitch Trubisky? Because it did not. Play calling has a big part. Oh, at the same time, coach, you put your receiver in a spot that was not open. So you made the wrong call on that. There's a lot that goes into the game of football. A lot of people want to critique a player based on his interceptions or his lack thereof or his extensive amount of touchdowns. You know, I will credit Pete Carroll. I will credit Andy Reid. I will credit Bill Belichick. I'll credit John Harbaugh when these guys are moving the football. It, it's all part of it. Yeah, I'm not going to sit there and put the full credit on Patrick Mahomes. He's a he's an incredible player. Most of the credit should go to him, but there's no doubt the play calling is amazing coming out of Andy Reid. He's proven it in Philly for years. He brought it right to Kansas City, and they haven't skipped a beat since. He let Alex Smith move the ball better than I'm watching the New York Jets move the ball right now. The guy knows how to play. The guy knows how the offensive side of the ball works, and that's what you need as a head coach. And right now, Doug Peterson is not doing the job that is required as the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. So now I know you don't want to hear this, but is it possible to have two of the worst teams in the league share the same stadium? And I'm talking about uh, the Jets and the Giants. Absolutely. The Jets <laughs> and the Giants, they're it's... in a bad state right now. Obviously, it's just not enough talent on these rosters. That's that's that simple. Yeah, you know, I'm already hearing about the guy Thomas of the New York Giants signing being one of the worst I mean, uh, picks of the first round. <laughs> uh, just on the basis, it's not like he's a bad player. It's just there were better ones beyond him yeah. in the draft. And the Giants took this guy really top ten in the draft, and the Jets have a similar talent. Whatever pick they had, the 15th or 16th pick in the draft. Well, I think know, the York, even the tackle that the Buccaneers took. He's was, good, too. Was Tristan that, Wirfs. Yeah, Tristan Wirfs. Because uh, I, I think the Giants took Derek Thomas before Well, they took Tristan Thomas Wirfs, before right? every single tackle. And yeah. the other three or four tackles that were drafted later on, including the Jets' Becton, have been superior him. to yeah. what he's done. So, But, again, this is a rookie. You know, He's going to an offensive line that's absolutely been in shambles. Their best offensive lineman last year is not even playing right now due to COVID-19. So, you know, the talent just isn't there for the New York Giants. It's not a – it's not a – criticism like you know it's just the honest truth i'm not gonna blame judge for this the talent just isn't there to win games for the yeah, new york giants and then you lose your best player uh, in saquon you know it's it's exactly it, their it's talent tough. and what they're putting on the field just isn't enough to win a football game they're not getting enough of a pass rush if if any kind of a pass rush i mean throughout what, the 60 minutes that i watch I mean, it's it's look it's what they really, did against really san francisco bad. san francisco i mean you were playing their c team and they they got smoked. The same smoked. thing with the Jets. They got smoked too. Again, this is That's, you know to some but degree. But at least they faced. Some they, of it goes they up faced top. their. I'm going to blame Gase. <laughs> they faced their starters though. The Jets. They just yep. their starters got hurt in that game. The Giants had nobody that they there was no Mostert. There was no Jimmy Garoppolo. There there was no Nick Bosa. There was no Solomon Thomas. Like these, all these guys played in the Jet game. They didn't play in the Giant game. So the fact that the Giants... Well, the, the fact is that the New York Jets didn't make that game any closer despite what happened. So no, no. It just shows you know how talented and how deep uh, the San Francisco 49ers are and how great their head coach is. And yeah. like, that kid is a genius. He can run the football. I've never seen a coach that's able to run the ball more effectively than him uh, in a long time. So I'm going to credit him 100% for the success of the 49ers. I'll definitely credit the 49ers more than I'll discredit the Jets and the Giants. I think people already know 
how bad these two teams are, how non-talented they are. You know, you look at a New York Jets standpoint and you got to prepare for a Braxton Berrios. Yeah. New York Giants come to town and you got to prepare for, you know, Darius Slayton. You know, these are not guys that you need to worry about that you need to double. Yeah. And it makes it a lot easy on these defensive coordinators to just go in there, play a base defense, and come out with a win and go home. Yeah, that that game Very this, simple. that game this week is going to be a, a bloodbath when it comes to the Giants. At least, at least the the Jets are playing another beat up team in Denver. That that Thursday night is going to be, uh, it's going to be an ugly game. But that's not, not here nor there. But now we kind of brought up overreactions here and there. This is a question, a hypothetical, I guess you could say, because we we're only three weeks in. We don't know what's going to happen towards the end of the season. But mm-hmm. say either one of these teams land the number one pick. Or even if they go one and two, the number one team. Do they take Trevor Lawrence? Now these are these are two teams that feel that they've drafted their quarterback, Sam Darnold, Daniel Jones. Do either one of these teams actually draft Trevor Lawrence? I don't know if it ever gets to that. I think it could be a similar standpoint where you're looking at a trade and, you know, obviously a team that's going to be dying to get a quarterback. But that's uh, yeah, a quarterback of the future, a very talented team like someone like the Chicago Bears can come call in and say, hey, you know, we, we're interested in this and we're willing to give up first rounders that we expect to be in the late first round, especially after we get this kid to go with the talent we have on our roster. There's a few teams that, you know, either have an aging quarterback, maybe Tampa Bay. I mean, it looks like Jacksonville loves Minshew, so you know they're probably going to stick with it. But Chicago definitely. Detroit's going to need a quarterback soon. You know, Matt Stafford's going up there in age. Matt Ryan's going up there in age. You know, they, these are teams that you know are potentially going to look for a quarterback. And I mean, you can even say New England. You know, Cam Newton's on a one-year contract. But all of these teams that I've I've said are going to have high picks because they're most likely going to be in the playoffs other than maybe Jacksonville. But that was a question that I was thinking about, you know, if these two teams are that bad and they feel like they have their quarterbacks, do they go for it? And Well, don't you know, be I alarmed about both teams thinking they have their quarterbacks because yeah. we're in year three of Sam Darnold, and I have not seen much to impress me. Uh, I mean, granted, that touchdown that he had. I'm discredit because of Mono last year. I'm, I'm not giving up on him. I think he's a good quarterback. You know, I could see him <laughs> knowing the Jets, like the Jets will draft Lawrence. He'll go to Pittsburgh, and he'll go shine with – Smith Schuster like, for years for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's I'm not thing, looking like, forward to that being a possibility. I want to stick with Sam Darnold. You know, but when you look at Daniel Jones on the New York Giants, we're talking one start in his career without a turnover. Obviously, the kid's just not getting it. He's going to have to learn to get this very soon. I'm not going to put the complete discredit on him. You know, I know his offensive line has been atrocious in both you know both seasons. Makes it difficult to not turn the ball over when you can't protect them. And the but defense. At the same too. time, you know, the turnovers are a big problem for. You know, Danny Dimes, and he's going to really have to change it up if he wants to hope that his team isn't going to draft a quarterback. Not much of uh, Dimes. It's more like pennies. But before we go on to our fantasy portion, I guess we we have to talk about, you know, because we were talking about hot seats when it comes to coaching. And has Dan Quinn's seat gotten a little hotter? You know, I said last week that it was hot. You thought it was, you know, wasn't that bad. After this loss, is it hot? You know, the guy can't win a game. <laughs> you got to play four quarters, and I don't know if it's him or if it's these players or what the situation. Because this is so rare, you never see anything like this ever happen. I think they said in years 
most teams wouldn't give up, you know, multiple 15-plus point leads in the second half in an entire season. It's never happened before, let alone it happened back-to-back weeks for one team. So in 17 weeks of football, no team loses 15-point leads in the second half twice in one year. And I just watched the Atlanta Falcons do it back-to-back weeks. There is concern there. And you, you know, know what? I almost the- want to bring this, you know, Dan Quinn into my office as the GM and what's happening out there? Why can't we finish a game? You know, don't, do these players have an understanding that you play two halves and not one? Because they look spectacular in the first, you know, in the first half. They're probably I one mean, of the best first, first half three teams quarters. in football. <laughs> yeah. it's, you, can, it's, you can credit Quinn for going out there and punching people in the mouth right off the bat in the first half. But you also have to use to take the blame when you, you're probably one of the worst second-half teams in football right now. And I don't even think it's close. You see a team like the Jets, they're just asking for a lead. And this team's got two 15-plus point leads, and they give them up. The Jets are the only team in the league this year that have not had a, a lead. In a I game. know. I saw that shout-out on Monday night. I, was, yeah. you know, I actually reached out to a couple yeah. of buddies of mine who are also Jet fans and said, hey, did you guys catch that New York <laughs> Jets shout-out on Monday night football? It was really nice. Uh, I didn't know that until they mentioned it. No, I'm glad they did because I could feel even worse about them. <laughs> I didn't think I could. I wasn't expecting it. I was watching Monday Night Football. You know, Patty Mahomes Jets on a fancy team. Like, all right, this will be a good situation. <laughs> yeah. And they bring out the Jets, and obviously it uh, reminds you that, oh, yes, you do still have a team you root for. <laughs> I am loyal, though, man. I'll never go away hey, from the I New mean, York Jets, listen, no matter how bad they are. But we've all uh, this gone, is a brutal one this year. We've all gone through them. I had uh, Hutchinson, Drew Henson, Quincy Carter. You know, I've been through it all. So, fantasy portion. Running up the score. Fantasy football advice. We'll start off with the stardom sit-em, then we'll do waiver wire, and then we'll do sleeper, and then we'll get out of here. And uh, we'll have Thursday night football tonight, which nobody's going to watch, but, you know, that's not here. Start him. I got Crowder. (laughs) I'm going to tell you to start him. (laughs) Finally, you know, he's coming back. So, stardom sit-em. Stardom sit-em. We'll start off with the quarterback. My start quarterback is going to be Aaron Rodgers against that Atlanta Falcons defense because Atlanta Falcons defense has given up everything (laughs) when it comes to the quarterback. Dak, Russell Wilson, I mean, even Nick Foles. (laughs) I mean, you have Aaron Rodgers on your team, then you definitely don't have a – you know, uh, an issue at quarterback, no, and he's definitely a slam dunk. Put him right in. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm looking on the approach of guys that uh, had Ben Roethlisberger or Ryan Tannehill, and you know, obviously with everything going on, it's a really messed up week this week. Uh, I think a certain guy you can go out there and grab right now, potentially, or you know, go to trade for or something. Jared Goff is a great start this week. Expect nothing but greatness from him this Sunday. It's an amazing matchup. It really is. Oh, the New York Giants God. are one of the worst. There's no doubt they're not stopping anybody. Uh, they're not going to. Uh, I think they're both running backs here you could start and have no problem with. Malcolm Brown, Henderson Jr., I think they're both going to have good games. I think Jared Goff follows suit. You know, Robert Woods, I'd slam dunk everyone in that game. Higby, but, um, everybody. Higby, absolutely. <laughs> and he throw them all in there. And I think Jared Goff is no doubt the, uh, you know, he's a good start for uh, anyone who's struggling at the quarterback spot right now. Absolutely. So my sit quarterback is going to be, Phillip Rivers against that Chicago Bears defense. Rivers is averaging fewer than 13 points after the first three weeks. Rivers also ranks 25th among QBs in pass attempts. And the Bears defense allowed just two scoring plays and two fewest points to opposing quarterbacks. 11.8 points per game. No doubt. I mean, I'm going on a feeler here. I think Tom Brady's someone you need to bench this week. 
really think that defense over there with the Chargers is very good. I think Tampa's is very good, too. I think it's going to be a tough game for both teams. And points are going to be really at a premium in that one. Yeah, so my start running back, now that we move on to the running back position, my start running back is going to be Ezekiel Elliott. And I like him against the Cleveland Browns. He's coming off of one of the worst performances that I've seen when it comes to Ezekiel Elliott. And I think this this week they get him the ball more. They hand it off more. Last week, for some odd reason, uh, I guess they listened to the fans finally and they stopped doing their first down runs and started to pass it. And then it got to a point where they had to pass it all game long. And it took Zeke's running game out of it. I feel like Ezekiel Elliott gets back on the road. Well, gets back to running the ball. And uh, I think he has a good game this week. Yeah, I think James Robinson is a start this week that needs to be had. Again, Cincinnati, one of the worst tackling teams in football. Uh, and, he, you know, he's probably going to go for, uh, you know, probably a pretty penny more on daily leagues. Uh, but when it comes to... Uh, Obviously, no James Conner, no Derrick Henry. If you have someone like James Robinson on your bench, uh, throw him in there. He's a good bye week <laughs> fill-in yeah. for this week, no doubt. Sit running back now. My sit running back is going to be Antonio Gibson for Washington football team going up against that Baltimore defense. The Baltimore defense that we did not know what happened, but obviously they were going against Kansas City, so you give them a pass there. But Baltimore is allowing an average of 18.7 points per game to running backs dating back to last year. I feel like that's the sit for uh, for this week, Antonio Gibson. I'm going to go with Josh Jacobs. This is kind of like a little bit of a flyer, obviously, if you uh... – you have Josh Jacobs going to have probably no choice but to start him, but I don't. I'm not seeing a good game coming out of him this week. I think that Buffalo defense is very, very good. They're going to stop the run. They got a lot of big bodies up front. It's going to be very, very difficult to find holes uh, on a very difficult day to try to get yards. Start wide receiver. Sticking with that Green Bay Atlanta game, I'm going to go Devonte Adams. Uh, hopefully, he's healthy enough, and I think he has a uh, he has a big game against that Swiss cheese of a defense in uh, Atlanta. I think despite the fact that what happened last week, which was obviously one of the worst mental errors I've ever seen, uh, DK Metcalf, great start this week. Miami sucks. Uh, <laughs> being simple with that on the yeah. defensive side of the ball. Uh, I mean, they played really good last week, so it's uh, it's intriguing to some degree, but uh, I'm a fan of it. DK Metcalf is actually one of my favorite wide receivers <laughs> going forward in fantasy football. Uh, I just think Seattle's too good. Um, Russell Wilson's really good. Tyler Lockett, same thing. I, I would put both these guys in there, but uh, DK Metcalf is definitely a really uh, a good start to the uh, on Sunday. So sit wide receiver <clears throat> for me is going to be Julian Edelman uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. Edelman wasn't good last week, and no defense has allowed fewer receptions, which was nine yards, 104, or fantasy points, 6.5 to opposing slot receivers as the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. So I think uh, it's, that's that's a good sit. My sit wide receivers are all in the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I really think Jacksonville's uh, pass D is actually pretty good this year. They've done a great job but defensively for the most part. Uh, I don't think they slow down. Uh, you got Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green. Uh, I know Joe Burrow's been great. I think this is a game he slows down a little bit. Uh, Cincinnati has a hard time finding a way to win. But, yeah, I think there's no doubt uh, both wide receivers in Cincinnati uh, definitely worthy of sits. I know there's another one that was trending on uh, the waiver wire. I forgot his name. but uh, John Ross. You know, I think it was Higgins. Right. Uh, T. Higgins, Higgins, John T. Ross, Higgins, yeah. yeah. I think he's another bench. Uh, you know, a lot of people, I know he was streaming as a big pickup this week. 
Uh, it's too many mouths to feed. Uh, it's really inconsistent, and I think the Jacksonville defense is pretty good. Uh, I think it's safe to try to bench all three of them. Yeah, so going to the tight end position, my start tight end is going to be Darren Waller. I think Darren Waller is just uh, he, – he's a, a nightmare of a matchup for anybody. And uh, I, I just feel like, you know, he's going to have another – you know, it, kinda, it seems like Carr is looking for him now. And I think he's just going to feed him, and, you know, you're going to see a good game by Darren Waller. I'm going to stick with those Rams. I'm going to go with Higby. You know, uh, no doubt start this week. Uh, you know, I know tight end's kind of thin this, uh, these days. Uh, obviously, a couple of big dogs playing well, uh, but I think there's just no doubt about it. You need to put Higby in. He's been a great play, a uh, consistent player, and hopefully uh, gets his work in uh, on Sunday. Uh, sit tight end is going to be Jimmy Graham against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Bears are give uh, give up an average of two catches and 32 yards and 3.1 points per game to a tight end. And it's not boding well for Jimmy Graham. I'm going to go with Evan Ingram. Uh, just on the base now, I just don't think he's a good player. Uh, he's just not making plays out there. Uh, I mean, all the signs point to playing him. You know, there's nobody else there. Everyone else is getting hurt. Tate has, you know, Tate's been on and off the field and, Obviously, losing uh, Sterling Shepard for the year, you know. Obviously, there's there's plenty of mouth, you know. There's plenty of targets out there for Evan Ingram, but right now he just isn't playing well. He isn't taking advantage of it, and this is a terrible matchup. Uh, the Rams are a very good team. I think Aaron Donald's just going to cause him mayhem on that New York Giant offense. Uh, I would stay away from Evan Ingram this week. Uh, so now the uh, start defense for me is going to be Baltimore against that Washington offense it just speaks for itself i think baltimore you know got smacked in the mouth by kansas city on monday night and i think they're gonna you know come back and show everybody what they're actually made of and show that they're one of the best if not the best defense in the league you know i like the bill similar things to what you're saying is to being one of the best defenses in the league i know they had a really rough uh, go of it against the rams last week but the rams are a very good team they are very full team they got a lot of talent out there. Their offensive line is one of the best. The Bills did a great job at stopping them for a full half. Obviously, it, uh, these guys tired out. But uh, I still have all the faith in the world for them this Sunday. They, you know, they're taking on the Raiders. I've seen Derek Carr be very, very questionable. A lot of his throws are a lot of check downs. been very embarrassing. I think what – I watched the game the other day and, uh, you know, what I saw on this article the other day about what Bill Belichick did to this kid was almost yeah. embarrassing. You know, to, to double your check down player – knowing that you're going to check it down. You know, Derek Carr's got a lot of issues with that offense right now. They're not a confident group. Uh, they're moving the ball pretty effectively to some degree. Did a great job against the Saints defense, but last week was almost an utter embarrassment. And I've never seen someone look their check down, even while they're double teamed, and he, he wound up getting sacked. It's, he, this could be a mess for him. Uh, Bills are a very talented defense, and you know there's not a lot of confidence coming from Derek Carr after last week's performance. He likes his tight ends, and uh... – Belichick, oh, he loves Be- Belichick. He loves Waller. Was, yeah, Waller, he went to Waller. He goes to Waller like crazy. Yeah. They 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 ride that way, but you know the secret's out. That's that's the uh, exactly, and concern. that's what Belichick. You did. know, we talked about how teams prepare for Braxton Berrios. You know, teams are going to prepare for Darren Waller. He is yeah. one of the main weapons on that offense, and uh, a big vertical threat. But uh, aside from him, and I like the Darren Waller pick. I have Darren Waller in leagues. He's not going anywhere. He's going right in my lineup. He had to go in last week against New England too, but you had to see that coming. Oh yeah. Uh, but you still, you just gotta start him. He's just really that. He's that talented. He's yeah. just a very good player. But uh, yeah, the Bills' defense is uh, definitely a start for me this week. I think uh, that offense is a little questionable with uh, their confidence. So sit defense. I'm gonna go with New England, dating back to last year. Defenses have averaged fewer than three points 
against Kansas City. So I, I don't I, I, listen. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Arizona on my set. On the basis that just you know Arizona is like they really are one of the more expensive teams on DraftKings to draft this week. They're playing Carolina seems like a really good matchup. Teddy Bridgewater hasn't been that great, but he was pretty good last week. They were moving the chains pretty well against a tough Charger defense. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen much from Arizona to see where where they're dominant on defense. So uh, I don't think they're going to really have a good time, you know, a good job at stopping uh, Carolina. I think this game could end up being a, one of those games that kind of go back and forth. Yeah. So now before we get out of here, we're going to give you a waiver wire pickup and a sleeper of the week. Now, waiver wire, obviously it's different this week because we had a game postponed. So you're going to either go with a guy on the bench or you're going to have to look for somebody on that waiver wire and see who you can pick up to fill those spots. Waiver wire pickups. My waiver wire pickup, which I feel like you could end up playing for the rest of the season, Justin Jefferson. He's owned in about 45% of leagues he's a guy he clicked last week finally put up some big numbers against the soft zone uh you know with the titans defense the the texans seem to play more zone than man but have given up some explosive plays so definitely look at that jefferson seemed to get open more versus zone than man and uh, jefferson will be very good for your team especially if the vikings keep playing from behind in the second half of games. You know, my pickup is LaMichael P. Ryan on the New York Jets. I know it sounds a little crazy. Frank Gore, obviously, is an older back. And, you know, P. Ryan actually didn't do too bad at catching the ball from the backfield. Got his opportunities last week. You know, Denver lost their uh, big defensive tackle. They're they're very weak right now without Von Miller, without him. There's a big hole there. You know, the Jets should be able to get some sort of push tonight. I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets were able to move the ball semi-decently tonight. Yeah, I'm going to go with LaMichael P. Ryan. I think he's a, a good waiver wire pickup, even if you don't want to put him in this week, but uh, going forward for the New York Jets until Le'Veon Bell returns. So it's a good fill-in for, obviously, these Derrick Henrys and James Conner teams right now. And Sleeper of the Week. Sleeper of the Week. Is going to be LaMichael P. Ryan as well, too, right? Yeah, that's basically where I'm going to go with. I mean, again, if you're looking, I mean, you can't get any lower than LaMichael P. Ryan for uh, Sleeper. So, and you know, obviously there, there are reasons for him to get an opportunity tonight, and he can add you a touchdown, and it'll be a much-needed one. Again, like I said, for these bye weeks that were uh, surprisingly uh, brought up this week. My Sleeper of the Week uh, is going to be Rob Gronkowski. Uh, with Godwin out, Gronk is a great look to get the ball. Gronk finally doubled Howard in snaps last week. Seems as though Gronk will start to solidify himself as that number one tight end and Gronk one-on-one against any linebacker. Uh, I, I like his chances. So those are those are the sleepers of the week, the waiver wire pickups, our stardom, sit em, and what we learned in week three. Now we go to week four tonight, Thursday night football, Jets, Denver, yuck. But <laughs> it's... Uh, and I feel bad because I know it's your team. I just it, there's nothing coming. Don't feel out of bad. This game. Already like, no. yeah, <laughs> there's nothing coming out of this game. That will do it for this week. We'll be back next week talking what we saw in week four, and so on and so on. <laughs> I'm Jerry. I'm Kevin. Be breezy. Be breezy. And it is all over. You've been listening to Running Up the Score. We run up the score on sports radio.